Yo, 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 what's up, guys? And we are playing catch up with P90's Marvel Corner. Finally, where Realms ended, so you're about to get all of that, plus anything else that I've been reading that you have been missing out on. So, let's get to it. The War of the Realms, Spider-Man and the League of Realms. We find out that one of the angels was sacrificed by the queen so Malekith could see how it feels to slay an angel. Also, she could get the riches and see the fall of Asgard. Spider-Man convinces the angels that he was fighting against to join, but now tries to convince the rest of his team to work with the angels that they were just fighting. Half of them agree and the other half run off and they go to fight whatever else is in the way and get to the bottom of this. Spider-Man and the team of angels that he stayed with end up going to free any of the survivors and talking to the local military to tell them, we're not fighting you anymore. The angels are good, and uh, yeah, we just want to free the prisoners. So they end up freeing the prisoners. And back with the other team who decides to run off, um, they start getting their ass kicked by this person who just came up in this big suit of armor. And they're just fucking demolishing them, throwing them left and right and up and down. And it's kind of like the Hulk versus Loki in the Avengers movie. But yeah, anyway, at the end of this uh, comic, they say, please kill me. And now we have a little question. It's like, what the fuck? Why do you want to die? But the following issue, we see Spider-Man finding the team right around the time everyone has gotten their asses kicked. And we find out that this person's name is Curse. And the Curse is a power that belonged to another prisoner that Malekith had in his possession. And he took that power away and gave it to a female who used to be on one of the strike forces. And now our heroes are trying to find a way to free her from the suit. Our angel slowly gives up on life, but the team keeps saving her, and then someone's like, yo, listen, don't fight because you have nothing to fight for. Fight for the beauty of the future. Fight for our people, your people. And then she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I fight for beauty. And then, you know, the heroes win. They end up fighting her, and one of the people in the squad helped take off Curse's armor, and then it just demolishes and then they save this person and now they go take the fight to Malekith although the funny thing is they never actually end up fighting Malekith you'll find out who fights him later but yes that is it for the Spider-Man League of Realms tie-in now on to War of Realms Thor which we get some backstory on the son of Bor brother of Odin who has always been a smarter brother going up and the one who claims he was supposed to take over Asgard after Bor passed. Him and Odin didn't grow up as greatest of brothers. And when he took the throne, Odin beat it out of him and became the Allfather. During the pre-invasion, Odin and his brother went to find out what the hell Malekith was planning after he tried to convince him to slay Odin and join his crusade. Gull pulls up in the mines where there are children, slaves working. He slices the guards and steals the mushrooms that are like bombs from the workers. Gold risks his life for the mission and ends up saving the kids in the end. Gold gets a wish he didn't even know he wanted. Children remember him and chant his name as they run to fight Malekith. They end up being the same children who kind of run in on Malekith when uh, Lady Freya is fighting him after she got the Necro sword, the Black Sword. And yo, that shit was fire. Her outfit was dope. This War of Realms thing was actually pretty lit. Now, on to Giant Man 2 and 3. As the Giant Gang escapes the Hounds, they make 
a camp and cook some food. Scott asked the guys for help if they happen to spot anyone or his, that looks like his daughter or his daughter while on this mission, please let him know. But soon, they realize they haven't come across any human slaves or captives at all this entire trip. So maybe she's dead. On their next day's journey, they get invited to a feast which they cannot reject due to maintaining cover. They try not to get drunk and die in their new mission. During the night, Eric gets cold and tries to start a fire, which is a bad idea since they're all posing as frost giants. After waking up the most fierce hounds, they escape it, and we end with them trying to find out how to infiltrate a giant castle that they accidentally ran into, which is their actual main mission. Now, in the next issue, the giant team is currently ascending up the castle to find and kill Ymir. I probably butchered that. After successfully getting to an entrance, they are forced to take out two guards. We find out the women of Florida have been used for Ymir's gain. But it's actually Carla, a former Thunderbolt, who has been using the women. She's been using them to create more ice giants for the war in exchange for her safety? Cassie was one of the girls captured and attempted to help Scott and the crew free the captured women and fire Carla. After convincing her to give up, they send Ymir back to his realm and complete their mission. Sort of. I mean... They were supposed to destroy him, but at least he's no longer fighting in the war anymore. And Ymir's like, all right, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out of here. Um, I'm chilling. Now, we are on to the War of Realms as Guardians of the Galaxy number nine. Valkyrie dies and they save Annabelle from Valhalla because it just, it's not really her time to go. And they try to fight back against the ghosts in the realm until they are teleported out and go back to the war. It's It's really just to show you that the effect is everywhere. It wasn't deep to the main, main story and how they defeated people, but it does kind of go a long way for a small piece that also shows up at the end. Same thing with The War of Realms Fantastic Four, issue number 10. This is a small point in the series to just introduce the impact of the whole world war. The giants go to Yancey Street and try to destroy a comm tower so no one can, com can communicate, and Franklin breaks it so they can send the enemies away, which works. But it's a really dope issue if you just want to see how uh, the town gets down. Like, it's like a hood over there. When they, the monsters came through, all the civilians is like, yo, I got a baseball bat. Starts cracking them upside the head. Some of them get set on fire. It's pretty dope. But Yancey Street ain't nothing to fuck with. The War of Realms, The Avengers 19. We'll be covering two issues. We follow Gorilla Man and find out he was the one to help power the celestial that helped fight back against the forces of invasion but we also learn that he serves dracula and is betraying the team of avengers in the next issue she hulk is given a mission to punch a whole lot of trolls and she enjoys every second of demolishing them she makes it to Ulrich and beats him so hard he asks for her hand in marriage as she stands over him to scream back to avengers mountain blade is biting the hell out of enemies into submission and She-Hulk makes her way back and starts to punch the intruders after stepping outside with Daredevil once that all that is done while he's still in god mode he tells her there's a war coming soon and she will be called for it but he does not specify what or why we ended with her punching the fuck out of a frost giant in New York and she says she's always at war that's it that was another just impactful the only one that really 
was super important was the first crossover of the celestial shooting the fuck out of all the enemies but still some pretty dope shit the war of realms journey into mysteries the gang protecting odin's daughter ends up talking it out with the ghost and they find out that they're actually here to serve the child which is really interesting they continue up their journey to get the baby far as from war as possible after trying to steal from the casino Ares manages to beat up thori and steal the baby Ares tries to take the child and succeeds and drives off, but Simon wasn't having it and took her back as the gang following along. After jumping out of the car, Ares begins to, sorry, begins to fight Simon who is holding the child after playing kill the carrier with the baby, tossing her between heroes. Sebastian teleports into a random apartment, his apartment, while they try and figure out the whole thing. Balder fights Ares and blinds him with his light and makes him kneel, giving up his fight. We soon find out that Lassa was the reason this babysitting thing happened in the first place. She got everyone together on her own and formed this big team of the Skrulls and Ares and others, ending the comic with everyone joining up and the babysitters once again agreeing to go on one more fight. So yeah, Lassa had powers. She is also the half-child of Cinder, so that's a little weird because it's odin's daughter unless odin stole another baby because we all know that odin likes to steal babies i mean look at loki he stole him from lofi war of the realms number five we start with daredevil and thor on the flying mythical boat daredevil is explaining to thor that there is a scream rising above all the other screams this thor is jane foster by the way and it's the world tree growing out of the sun. Sorry, no, it's regular Thor. Jane Foster, Thor is later. Um, Thor flies to the tree and asks Daredevil of two things. Find me to the tree. Bind me to the tree with my axe. Then ignore my screams. The forces of Wakanda team with others from Asgard and fight the angels of heaven. Frank Castle and the Light Elves begin helping out and aiming for the heads, killing as many angels as possible. Ghost Rider is busy fighting off the Enchantress in Uruguay. Their story passes by showing everything in each team. The communications get turned back on as Agent Gorilla Man and Bro Hack Roxon. Jane fights off Rox and CEO. Jane then hears the screams of Thor pinned to the sun, screaming for answers on how to win, and she plans to help him search. After showing up us what more the heroes are doing, Thor returns from hours, handed from hours on the tree, burned from the world tree, learning Malekith is still alive. He must fight him god to god. We see Malekith make a proposal. Come alone. Only Thor, and fight me for the life of your beloved parents. Yeah, so like anyone who hasn't really read comics but has been listening to this, Thor had two eyes, and now like Ragnarok, he has one eye. Yeah, that's what happens when you need information at the World Tree. Da -da -da -da. Now, War of Realms Venom 15 picking up with Jack and Venom both juiced up on Dark Elf magic. Venom with a new axe fights Jack, gets beat most of the time because his imagination won't allow him to use the uh, Dreamstone to its full extent. But eventually Jack runs off for a bit, left to defend some civilians. He remembers why he fights and beats off some of Cinder's forces. Jack starts fun 
starts the fun up again and puts the whole city against Eddie by making him run and try and save other people instead of fighting. Eddie thinks up a new plan which involves turning all the other people into Venom symbiotes as well. And Eddie brings down a world of lightning on Jack, knocking the stones out of him, leaving him back in his copycat place. Eddie leaves him leaves his stone and meets back up with Dylan, ensuring safety. Next time I'll be without normal Venom. Now, we'll see what happens in the next Venom run. Eddie doesn't have Venom anymore, and doesn't have the Dreamstone, and him and Dylan are just living life. The War of Realms, the Superior Spider-Man, seven and eight. Doc Ock as Superior Spider-Man is pretty freaking dope, and he's in San Francisco, wondering how he'll protect his home from invading Frost Giants. He puts every civvy that he can find in different dimensions out of the sight of the enemies and looks for allies, which ends up being the West Coast Adventures led by Hawkeye. After finding them and demanding they help him for his uses of saving his town, America Chavez teleports them to New York so he can try and find someone more his speed smart. There, they get the help of the Fantastic, who are fighting off giants, so they help them fight them first, which Superior Spider-Man ends up sending the giants to another dimension as well, which only lasts about an hour, so he talks to Reed and finds out how to teleport, how to, teleport to a specific area where they can just meet with the real Avengers. After helping them, Superior Spider-Man confronts Spider-Man and Captain America and tries to tell them, let's take the fight to the source. And they're like, no, everyone has a plan. Chill out, Doc Ock. You're doing a good job in San Francisco, but leave this to the us. We have been heroes longer than you have been a hero. So Doc Ock gets pissed off, but Gwenpool tells him, bro, just save the lives you can. You don't have to worry about saving everybody. That's what we have all the heroes for. Now, come on. Or stay here. We're going to go. And Doc Ock goes. And he goes and saves a little family. And he's like, it's okay. Without you, family, we heroes would be nothing. And yeah, thus I think he learned something that's going to follow him throughout the rest of the comics. I thought that was a little pretty cool take because his arrogance really does kill him 90% of the time. Because, you know, Doc Ock is like, I'm smarter than everyone. I'm Dr. Octopus. I do Spider-Man better than Spider-Man. Yeah. Uncanny X-Men number three. More civilians have found their way to safe haven Cyclops has made, but they will soon fall without the aid of one of the captured mutants. At Stark Towers, Renee pleads her husband to let magic go, but that just won't happen, and Sabretooth makes it known. But once Sabretooth lays his hands on Renee, her man drops Sabretooth out of Stark Tower. They escape and meet up with Hope, small team. That was looking for them back at the safe space Cyclops is trying all that he can to protect the people there. After defeating the wave, they sit at a campfire and find out Magic cannot teleport anyone due to a curse object in her possession. Learning she cannot break it, they get stormed once again and must fight it off once more. During the fight that's led by Sabretooth, Roberto takes the necklace from Magic and breaks it, giving her access to her magic, but ends up killing himself. She finally makes a huge portal and gets everyone away, but gets caught by the hands of Sabretooth wrapped around her neck. But soon he finds out those were clones, 
and he's about to get his ass kicked as Renee bites his throat out and Magic cuts his head off and kicks it through a portal, ending their story for the war. Now they're back to being fugitives and hated mutants. It's, X-Men's always going to be great to me. Even though I have not been reading Uncanny recently, it's pretty fire. I like the way they incorporated that. And the new squad is kind of dope. Like, extremely dope. And... Captain Marvel number seven, War of the Realms. After switching bodies with Strange, Captain Marvel tries to learn simple spells, but it doesn't really work out for her that much. And now they have to go fight Sin, um, Queen Enchantress, Queen of the Dead. Um, yeah, that doesn't really go well because Captain Marvel gets her ass kicked for a bit. And then she's like, yo, let me stop trying to be Doctor Strange. Let me just be me. And she uses her brain and kicks her ass. How does she kick her ass? Well, she uses her brain to think up a plan that turns the zombies on the queen and make her use too much of her power to kill them, reversing the body swap. And this is the vision that Blackwell had, Black Widow had, and it comes to fruition as they capture her. On the last panel, we see Captain Marvel back in her body, coughing up blood into a napkin. Now, you uh, Captain Marvel fans have something to look forward to. Because why the hell is she coughing up blood? War of the Realms Punisher 3. Last time we seen Frank cancel, he was in Jersey Tunnel with a gun to his head held by one of the prisoners he was forced to help. They ask for safety, though. They don't really want to kill him. But the man doesn't blow his head off. So Frank says, yeah, sure. If we all make it out of here alive. So, they journey through the tunnel. Fight more and more trolls and fire trolls. And... They lose a couple bodies, but they end up making it through. And the person who was holding a gun to Frank's head is the last one standing. And Frank's talking to him, telling him how he made a promise about finding the monster that killed the person in the very first issue. And as Frank packs up all his gear, leaves the car on the side, he shoots the man in the head and tells the doc, don't cry over him. He was a monster. He'll always be a monster. This war is always going to be going on. And he leaves, and he starts his journey. And at the end of his journey, there's a van full of kids and the father that he first helped. And he tells him, I have not found him yet, but I will go across all realms to find him, and I will kill him. And the man says, hey, I want to show you something. Opens the van door. All these kids are orphans, too. I think you want to go haunt some more. Frank's like, oh, what the fuck? But he does it anyway. And this will continue in the Kill Crew. Coming out soon. New Agents of Atlas. Wave, Luna, and Arrow are trying to stop the water-based flooding, but are attacked. Where in a new part of China, the others are starting their plan to bring down Cinder. They use a robot version of the volcanic goddess to get close to Cinder in a fight and blow her up. Then she gets stabbed in the back by Sun Wukong, who goes out proud. The younger agents punch the hell out of Cinder, sending her flying. She tries to run away in a much weaker state to burn the whole entire world. But that doesn't work out after she punches Captain Marvel. But uh, that didn't really help. And all the agents teleport to her and beat up everyone into submission, sending them back to their home realm. Now, in August, Agents of Atlas will return for anyone who is a fan of the story and needs a little representation in their comics. It's a pretty nice team. 
The War of Realms Thor 14 Thor has gone and retrieved different versions of himself to bring four Thors to the fight after sacrificing his eye to the world tree for answers. They all ride their way to the dark elf Malekith in efforts to get their parents back. The fight is massive. Thors are all going at it with Malekith, getting knocked back and getting sliced around until the young one is the main target and he gets hurt trying to prove himself as he is the only Thor with no hammer due to being unworthy. He gets sliced and has to move to safety due to his arrogance. But when he hears the new evil Venom trying to eat his mother, his eyes turn to lightning and he speeds out of hiding, risking his existence. He punches Venom fast and hard and out of nowhere the hammer flies to his, his hand and he proves his worth and blares down lightning to show it. Now, at the end, he's holding an axe in his hand and we are hit with a to-be-continued page. War Scrolls number three, in our last War Scrolls, Daredevil finally sees Malekith, but it's a trap, and he goes anyway, where the Dark Elf is holding blind children hostage. Daredevil using his godliness to block the moon for a moment, leaving his area in darkness to attack the minion elves with shards of the Rainbow Bridge. Malekith sends Curse to fight Daredevil of Hell's Kitchen, but he remind her of who she is. Man, Marvel releases, it's, it's so out of place, but it's all right. The story is still good, causing her to weep and halt battle. Now the fight is between Daredevil and Elf. The Elf. The shitty Elf. But the Devil just wanted to free the children, and somehow the Bifrost still works, even though it's broken, and teleports everyone to safety. And Malekith stands alone and stunned. He might actually lose this war. Now in War of Realms number six. In the near finale of the event, we see Thor giving up his eye, the last piece of the hammer that Jane had given him after chucking it into the sun. Later, the Thors are shown preparing for war as they fly out, bringing thunder with them. We are giving the winning update of all the strike teams and heroes who have taken down many of the key enemies in the war. In New York, Lofi eats the chest of frozen winters and plans to cover the entire earth in ice. But the devil, without fear, is here and stands up to the giant, throwing his sword in his mouth and preparing to fight him with his godly hands. Back in other pages, we see the whole fight with Malekith as Thor goes from beating his minions to getting beat, losing the grip of their weapons to Malekith's hands or the floor, resorting to punching him. But in the background, there's a storm in space. The storm was the weather that was reforging Thor's new hammer. Now on the playing field and ready to be grasped, he picks up his hammer, declaring he is god of the unworthy, and slams down on the dark elf, knocking him down hard. Jane throws her hammer one last time and knocks out the eye of Lofi, and Loki uses the sword of Heimdall to cut out of his father with the chest of Winters in hand. Back on the main field of playing, young Thor cuts the arm of Malekith with his dogs, smelling his fear and begin to hound at him and he cries for release in the aftermath. Punisher ventures off. Daredevil loses god power. Jane forges a new hammer. Actually, the hammer she was using comes back to her and forges a bracelet around her. Venom runs to prepare for the coming carnage and Thor becomes an all-father. War of Realms Omega. It just gives you a more detailed version of the ending.
of everything after the War of Realms. After the defeat of Malekith and his allies, Thor had become the Allfather. In New York, Daredevil no longer is a god. And he meets Heimdall, who seemingly tries to convince Daredevil that he could make a fine god in his place. But instead, they just take a look at the outcome of the war. Jane, our former Thor, a doctor and now cancer survivor, is seen in the hospital with Valkyries and warriors who have been slain. She talks to one of her friends and explains that the war, Thor's ha- the war Thor hammer forged a bracelet around her arm, and it turns into whatever she needs so she can fight. After Thor comes in and shows his sadness for what he lost in this war, the all-weapon on Jane's arm speaks, and a Valkyrie speaks to her, asking her if she is up to the task and if she truly accepts to become one of the new Valkyries, restarting the Valkyries, reopening Valhalla, and Jane says yes, and you can catch the rest of the story in Valkyrie number one. On the second part of this journey, we move with Loki, as he makes a way through Jotunheim, explaining himself to the reader and coming across a young giant who just wants to enjoy some snow. And Loki makes him a seat by his side. Not one who rules with death and swords, but with a shield. That will continue in Loki number one. Now, at the end of this, I already kind of explained the Frank Castle thing before. He is going on a journey to find all the killers of the orphans and the person who killed the man's family from the very first issue of Punisher in War of Realms. So, Heimdall gives Daredevil one last gift, new weapons forged from the world tree. And as they talk it over, they hear someone getting mugged. Daredevil and Heimdall set off to have one last adventure and save this mugged woman. And that is everything from War of the Realms. Now, there are Savage Avengers, and then there's Spider-Man. And we will get to that very soon. All right, so Savage Avengers, issue number two. Awesome start to a comic. We have magic users not being able to hold Wolverine down as he's fighting and kicking their ass while he's also trying to bring voodoo back to life using his own blood. But... He doesn't think it works, so he goes back to kicking their ass so he doesn't have to get captured. And then Conan slips into the sleeping chambers of Kulan Goth and attempts to take his amulet. And he smacks Goth with the bottle of trap venom when he started trying to attack him, and then he slips away. Voodoo comes back to life and saves Wolverine from possible capture. Punisher gets teleported to the castle and blows up a bunch of ninjas, demanding to know where the bodies of his family are. In Savage Avengers issue number three... Our Savage Avengers are all together trying to rescue Wolverine, who is dangling across a pool of blood, used to summon the Meryl God. Frank, Elektra, Conan, and Voodoo, and Venom make their way to the summoning room and all fight for the freedom of Logan, but it fails as the sorcerer summons his god and dooms all of the Earth. Another cool thing about that part of the comic was Conan started to feel the power of Venom because they latched on together, and man... It looked pretty cool. It wasn't all the way on him. It was just like on his arm and a little bit of the sword. So he started slashing shit up, yo. He was like, I'm Conan the Venom Baron. And now on to Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man number 23. Through. Ha ha. 23. This stuff is getting good. After Spider-Man is freed from the dome, he rushes to MJ. 
Craven's son is mourning the loss of his father at his hands and starts thrashing the home and preparing to hunt Spider-Man one last time. Peter finds out MJ is safe, but there's still something he doesn't know yet. Back at the gravesite, we learn that Chameleon wasn't captured and that he has some big plans in store that will leave Craven dead in peace and possibly take over the world. Nice, short, and sweet issue, in my opinion. Amazing Spider-Man number 24. Spider-Man and MJ are enjoying their life, and Spider-Man is keeping her close while he thinks back on the time when he was imprisoned and poisoned and seen her die. At Ravencroft, Mysterio is in a session talking to a therapist who is trying to get him to confront the day he died and how he came back, but suggests it was all a ruse. But as he tried to force him to say the name of the man who dragged him out of hell... He comes in shattering through the wall and scaring off the therapist before he could even see it was an illusion, blaming Mysterio for the whole thing. The unknown man kills Mysterio after the confrontation and connects the actions to Peter's dream, telling him he can't know his real name yet, but he soon will, leaving him with only a name, Kindred. This dude's kind of sick. He has, like, bugs coming from his arm. He's like and everybody's dreams and nightmares, and he wears a cloak, and he's just, like, trying to fuck up Peter's life. In issue 25, we will see more of him, but you will get that when we come back with the normal podcast and the normal Marvel Corner. Thank you all. Sorry for the delays. We'll be back on our shit soon.